Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Right on time, the game notes arrive, or the show notes arrive. It's amazing how that happens, eh? It's Blair and Barker. There's no Jays baseball today. Boo! But we still have lots of baseball to talk about. The uh, LA Angels coming into town. Shohei Otani will not be uh, starting on the mound any of those games. He pitched this afternoon, and all I can say is thank God he didn't start against the Blue Jays or we'd be... Talking about uh, another Blue Jays loss. Uh, Shohei Otani started on the mound of the first. Well, they got no, come on, man. They had no chance. The way that dude was pitching, not a chance in hell the way that dude was pitching today. Anyhow, uh, Otani was pretty good today against the uh, Detroit Tigers. Not even a team, the Tigers. Uh, The Angels will be in town tomorrow for a three-game series, Mm. a crucial series, three against the Angels. Mm -hmm. Four against the AL East leading Orioles wrapped around the trade deadline. The Angels, um, look, Kevin, the Angels made a lot of news yesterday. We went from having national reporters say the Angels were going to make their mind up soon about whether or not to trade Otani to Tom Verducci reporting that a decision had been made by Arte Moreno, their owner, that they weren't going to trade Otani. Mm-hmm to hearing that they acquired Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo uh, Lopez Lopez from the Chicago White Sox in a trade for their two two of their three top prospects. And, um, well, it appears as if they may not be done yet. They may still, they may still be adding players. So far from, far from getting rid of uh, Shohei Otani, it, it appears as if they're going to go all in and... Uh, and try to take advantage of what could very well be the last year together for Shohei Otani, who's a free agent at the end of the year. And Mike Trout, this was Perry Manassian, the Angels general manager, talking about the deal yesterday. And then perhaps most importantly, the voice you'll hear after is that of Mike Trout. Yeah, just trying to improve the club. You know, it's, um, I think this team deserves a chance to win. And to acquire two pitchers, we think that really helps. Uh, a lot of smiles in there today. Mike Trout, one of them, big smile across his face. What message do you think this sends to the guys in there right now? I just, as far as messages go, I just think it's improving the roster, which I've tried to do since I've gotten here. So, um, you know, we feel like there's an opportunity to win and to play well going forward. And we're going to roll the dice and see what happens. I've been saying it since the beginning of the year. You know, the front office wants to win. You see the Perry's working some magic over there. And, uh, you know, Artie's, you know, um, agreeing with it. So it's, uh, it's, it's a good message for the guys. You know, we, the message has been the same all year. We're, we're in it till you know, we're not. So it's uh, going to keep pushing forward, see how it goes. Uh, that was Perry Manassian, the Angels general manager, followed by Mike Trout, Kevin Barker. Uh, Perry Manassian also saying, admitting that one of the reasons he made the deal now 
is because they've got a series against Toronto coming up, and they're chasing Toronto. It's one of the wildcard teams they're chasing. Lucas Giolito will start in that series for the Angels. So uh, Victor Rojas, longtime Angels uh, broadcaster, current host of the Angels Win podcast, will join us uh, later on in the show to, to take a deeper dive into the Angels, and we'll get his reaction about uh, we'll get his reaction regarding the the uh, deal with the White Sox. But, and we will talk about the Jays, obviously, coming off that 3-3 three and three road trip. But it really is right now, it's it's a day for the Angels. What did you make of that, uh, uh, of those moves? I guess of that move, the two additions well, in I have one to be, trade. I have to be honest, the, well, as soon as I heard that they were not going to trade Otani, the first thing I thought of is, uh-oh, well, Hunter Renfro would look real nice in a Jays that, uniform. Yeah. That's the very... I mean, that's I'm, the very, no, I'm with the you. Very first if thing you're not trading of. him, you're not trading Renfro. Uh, absolutely not, and it makes total sense you, when you're bringing in Giolito and Lopez because their their staff is 21st in quality starts. They're 19th in the RA. They're fourth in OPS as an offense. They're third in homers. They're first in the American League in hitting homers. Like they do things offensively. It obviously, it starts with Trout. They're when getting Trout back. back. Yeah, they're that, getting Trout back. That's not going to hurt. So, it sort of seems like everything's coming together and. You know, I think Perry is is trying to eliminate excuses. Like, there's been a ton of excuses around that team all the time. It's always some. We got the greatest two players. One of them's always hurt. They don't have any pitching. Well, I think they do now. I mean, they they may not have the greatest pitching ever, but they have enough pitching to win baseball games against some other solid teams. Are they going to beat the best teams in baseball? Probably not. But they can beat enough of the okay teams to be relevant down the stretch, and this is exactly what Perry's trying to do. And I like this. I mean, I, I think it's if you're an Angels fan, and uh, enough of the losing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you got you got two of the greatest players on planet Earth. Surround them with a little bit of something. Don't have to be great. Something. Give them a chance. September. Make those games relevant. And this is what they're trying to do. And I, I'll be honest with you. This is good for baseball. Oh, I'm listen. It's really good for. I'm baseball. with you completely. Yeah, I think this is first of all, this is great news. If you are a fan of 90% of the teams in baseball that think they're going to the postseason because Otani's not going to end up in Baltimore, he's not going to end up in Tampa, he's not going to end up with the Yankees at the trade deadline or Boston or anybody. I mean, it's great. You know what? This is great news for the Blue Jays, even though they're going to be facing the Angels right now. Uh, Shohei Otani today threw a one-hitter in a 6 nothing win over the Detroit Tigers. Eight strikeouts. Three walks. The Angels are currently up 5 nothing in the third inning on the Tigers. So uh, if you're Perry Manassian, and, you know, I don't necessarily know about quote-unquote sending a message to the team, but you'd at least have to be happy with the initial response to your team. Now, granted, you are playing the Detroit Tigers. They're not a very good team. But, man, I you know, the just the change. When you think about the Angels, the change we've seen in 72 hours is uh, it's just remarkable and and it's 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 the type of decision i it's really it it has basically i wouldn't say it's blown up the trade deadline but it's certainly thrown i think a lot of teams plans into into doubt and there'll be a lot of people run, maybe not a lot of people there'll be a couple of teams running around looking for plan B right now, I would think. Yeah, I think the way they've been playing, I think the way they think they can play, adding a couple of pieces when it comes to, you know, what they can bring out of the bullpen, some more fuego. That's what you need late in the season. Bats get a little slower. The more velocity you got to throw at lineups is better later in games. 
you know, maybe they need some no-brainers. I'm not saying Lopez is no-brainer. Once in a while, he's good. Once in a while, he's not good. But he's got velocity, which is a big deal in September. Giolito's going to give him a chance. His last seven starts have been really good. That's what you want. You've been saying this. is If you're bringing guys over, no matter if they're on the offensive side. Bring guys that are going to help. You want guys that are, you know, you're not, your pitching coach and your hitting coach is not trying to figure out how to get them right. This is what they want. And, again, it's – I think they see what's around them in the American League, too. Tampa's struggling. You know, it's there's some teams. The Astros haven't taken off yet. They probably will because of who they're getting back and who they're going to go out and add. You know, they're a good team. Seattle is well, sort of whatever they are this year. So they got a, a little window here. You know, the Blue Jays are good, not great. That gives them a little window, too. You're thinking you got some uh, series against them. You come in here. Maybe they are trying to sweep the Blue Jays, which they'll probably have to do if they think they have a legitimate shot of making a little bit of a run at a, at a playoff spot. So, Give them a chance before they actually show up here. Give them some weapons. Now they got some weapons. I just think it's kind of, you know, if you're Perry Manassian as well, you have, by hanging on to Shohei Otani, you've weakened everybody else too because you know that the Orioles were one of the teams that people no were question. saying could match up mm-hmm. for Otani. Uh, you know, you can never discount the Yankees because the Yankees are the Yankees. Texas, Texas is spending money to to try to win this. I mean, there were Seattle people. There are people who think he'll end up in Seattle next year as a free agent. The Dodgers. So, I mean, there 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 are a ton of teams that uh, certainly the American League teams that would have improved themselves by adding Shohei Otani. And I wonder, I wonder too, how much this gives them a edge up going into the offseason yeah. about re-signing him. I mean, that's all he's been yelling and screaming about. It. He wants to win. Now you're trying to put pieces around him well, that and, he and doesn't think he's the only guy. They get Trout back. Trout gets hot. And I felt With all Otani, along. That's, that's a pretty good one too, Mix. I mean, let's be clear. I don't know if anybody really knows what Shohei Otani will do as a free agent in the offseason. But other than him and his people, I'm willing to bet the Angels have a better idea than anybody else because he's been with them for a long time. Let me ask you a question. Right now, are they better in Baltimore? No. Even with the pieces they added? No. Even with Trout coming back? No. Better in Baltimore? No. Better in the Rays? We'll move on from that. Maybe. Uh, Better in Houston? Maybe. Better than the Blue Jays? Maybe. I mean, that's basically better than Texas. No, I still think Texas is really good. So you think Texas is better. You think Baltimore's better. Yeah. You think the Rays, I mean, you can flip a coin. You think the Blue Jays, you can flip a coin. Like, they're in the mix. The Astros, you can flip oh, a coin. Oh, they're, they're like absolutely they're, in the mix. They're, yeah. they're in the mix. Yeah, right? they're, without question, they're, they're, uh, they're in the mix. Yeah. Uh, another deal that was made today, the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates sending Carlos Santana to the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, and, uh, there is buzz out there, rumors out there, uh, from the LA times that the Dodgers are talking to the Cardinals about deals that could possibly see Nolan Arenado and one of their pitchers, Jordan Montgomery or Jack Flaherty, uh, go to the Dodgers. I mean, that's Jack uh, Flaherty uh, makes uh, a little bit of sense, but Arenado, I, I mean, if you can get him, why not? I guess if you, I mean, if, if Nolan Arenado is really on the block, you ought to be calling you ought to be calling the well, Cardinals. Well, it just seems right like now. the Dodgers taking on more payroll, which I would assume they're going to have to going into the offseason. You would think they're going to back up the Brinks truck to get Otani. that dude that's right down the street. Unless. I mean, I, you know they can't because they got endless amounts of money, but still, it's. I don't know that that guy playing thirds a little odd. Flaherty, yeah, I could see that. I, I'm not. I'm not really. I just. I, I just threw that out there because that was the news. I want to talk about Carlos Santana. 
uh, because, look, we've heard that the Jays are interested in adding that uh, a, a, another bat. We've heard Nelson Cruz's name mentioned. That hasn't happened yet, obviously. Carlos Santana kind of gives you the same thing Nelson Cruz does, except he's a switch hitter. Yeah, and not for me. I mean, he's, he's a switch hitting Brandon well. Belt. I'd rather I mean, have a switch hitting Brandon you're Belt. You're basing that off of because of the last time you saw Santana, he hit a home run off a bad sinker. No, I'm just right-handed. saying. Right-handed. What's, what the, difference between, what's the difference between him and Nelson Cruz? Yeah, I want neither. I mean, I'd rather if well, Nelson okay, Cruz comes okay. here, I want, I want him to be a hitting coach. All right. That's, okay. That's so that's, that's fine. I thought yeah. you, you were, you talked about how adding Nelson Cruz would make the lineup. I'm saying that's if, Caleb, that's Caleb Joseph right. saying that he would make Vladimir Guerrero jr. Approach better when it comes to when he gets you out, this is what you look for. When you got a hit, this is what you look for. Like sometimes it looks like Vladdy needs to have it simplified. But other than that, no, if you can get better pieces, which is exactly what they need, the American league teams that are around them are better than the Jays. And they need to go out and make a splash when it comes to. Well, they need to get for better. Me, absolutely, they need to, they need... and and adding a whatever is just for me in the line. I'm not going to do it. They, if they're going to do that, don't do that. All and right. go out and get you a couple of no brainers in the bullpen, which we've been yelling and screaming about all year. That most real good teams in the playoffs you still got it. You've got to need that. You you've got to change the lineup somehow. Okay, you yeah. do you not with Santana, not with Santana's in the world. I mean, if you're going to go out and get a a Lane Thomas, yeah, there you go. Somebody might might could hit second, and you can move Bo around in some places. And now all of a sudden, your lineup gets longer. And maybe if you want to, you can move Danny Jansen up a little bit, and you know that that right. swing when it comes to can change the game because he can hit a three run homer is a big deal. All right, we uh, will be joined by Ryan Dempster later on in the show. Ken Lenahan is a longtime Canadian baseball coach and scout. If you've been following the news, you know that our friends in Nova Scotia are in a uh, not a very good way right now as a result of flooding. And uh, we're going to talk to Ken Lenahan about uh, a community in Nova Scotia that's putting together a GoFundMe page to try to get their ballpark back. We'll talk to Ken about that. And as I mentioned, Victor Rojas joins us at 5 We've also got Jay's Orioles tickets to give away. Don't want to miss that. And uh, we will give that away in the second half of the show. All right. Let's talk about that road trip. Jay's have today off. Coming off a 3-3 road trip. Capped with an 8-1 win over the LA Dodgers yesterday. On that road trip, I said going into the road trip, 3-3 against those two teams. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Whit Merrifield after the game pointed out that should have been four and two, or at least could four and two, and very least. Could have been five and one. And yeah. he didn't say if our bullpen had done the job. Didn't he say didn't that. say that. No. He didn't say that. But we can it's say a that. Group effort. It's but, a group effort. But we can say that. There, four and two was certainly five and one would have been a great road trip. Your well, sweep bull, on the Dodgers your, would have been something. Your bullpen is going to blow games. To me, the game that really hurt was the game against the Dodgers with the four run lead. That's the game that really hurt to me. That got out of control. Anyhow. Well, it's putting uh, a spotlight on something that they need to correct. Right. That's what it's doing. So we agree. Three and three, not a bad road trip for them. Absolutely. Um, anything Anything you saw on that road trip that changes your mind about not what the Jays need, because we're in agreement. They do need, they do need relief arms. Mm-hmm. Good they, ones. Really good ones. Oh, there you go. Very good ones. <laughs> ones that could perhaps knock... Like a Robertson and a Bednar. No brainers. Arms that could perhaps knock some folks out of uh, out of a job. I'm better than you, and you got you can't do anything about it. 
But I do want to talk about the lineup as well. George Springer had an awful, awful uh, road trip and an awful series Can against I, the Dodgers. Stop I, right there in one second. You've been around baseball forever. Well, I don't know. Do you think a veteran guy like Springer would let the booing get to him enough that his no I'm asking no I don't think I'm asking you do I think because I think it's silly but I'm asking you I mean I agree with you I think it's silly uh did it look at did it the optics of the way when he walked to the plate and was looking around yeah he he looked to me like the booze he looked would tell you otherwise no I, I would say he looked uncomfortable is the way I would put it to me he looked uncomfortable and and we've talked about this look that that's George Springer made his bed. You know, everybody in the Houston Astros organization made their bed, and I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel sorry for any of them. Uh, but th- at the same time, I mean, God, he's played games in 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 at Yankee Stadium since then. Uh, you know, I I just I, I I'm hoping that wasn't the case. But man, oh man, we saw some really non-competitive. Uh, non-competitive. I'll go one further. We saw some uninterested at bats, is the word I would use. Like we saw some pop-outs to center that looked like he wasn't engaged he, in what he was trying to do with the ball away. Standing at home plate for another five minutes or so did not look like the thing he really wanted to do. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it anyhow. Mm. Um, but I, you know, who knows? It could be chicken and egg thing, right? Uh, is not swinging like the, the bat well. Does that make it worse? Uh, George Springer's. I mean, we really haven't had that George Springer run, have we? Where he kind of. You think it's any? Yeah, I, I've I always do because well, we've I, seen a little of it I, this I've, year. I've made the point that I think he. I mean, I I got George Springer in my team for August and September, and people can roll their eyes, but I I did. That's why I got George Springer. I got George Springer because of the postseason pedigree. And that's when I want George Springer to step up. Uh, but I also want to talk about Danny. Danny Jansen, I think, does he have more RBI than Vladdy now? No. Do we keep saying that? How close is it? I, I mean, Vladdy's got in the 60s. Danny doesn't have I'm sorry. 60s. I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking about RBI Pratt. lefties, maybe. Pratt bat, right? Because he's, I mean, he's 10th he's in the 10th in the team in, uh, in at-bats. And... Uh, what was the the stat that uh, we saw yesterday? Tenth in the team in at bats, and I think he maybe he has got third, third in RBI or something like that. I don't know, uh, but he's on a pretty good run. Do you think, knowing what we know about John Schneider, do you think he moves Danny Jansen up in the lineup tomorrow or went the next time he plays? Where would he move him up to? I'm just asking. He ain't gonna hit first. He ain't gonna second. He ain't gonna hit third. He ain't gonna hit fourth. Would he hit fifth for Chapman? Probably ain't going to hit fifth because Chapman usually hits fifth. Would he hit sixth? I mean, that's usually where Witt's at. Yeah. I look, is it? does it make a big difference if he's hitting seventh or sixth? Maybe. I mean, uh, I, I, uh, don't rock the boat. Continue to just let him do the things he's doing now. He's got really good timing on where he wants the barrel to be at the point of contact. That's a big deal. When you're trying to pull velocity the way he tries to do it, the timing of everything that allows you to get the barrel out front has to be on par. And right now, if you notice whenever he's going bad, he goes to uh, to the back knee a lot. That's when he's going bad, right? He sort of gets 
up. He gets, let me see if I can explain this the right way. He gets to where the upper half is sort of leading. Bef- uh, so it's, it's the little rotational. His hands look like a windmill because the stride foot is too long and he gets too low. When he's too low, the shoulders tend to fly open too soon. The hands look like a windmill. Now, when he's on par and he's able to, basically what that is, you can say it an easy way, he beats the dude to the spot. That's what he, he tries to do that every single at bat. I want to beat you to the spot. My spot is out in front of the play. So you got an original play where he stands, right? And then you're thinking, if you're Danny Jansen, to pull everything, no matter where that thing's at. If I get an elevated fastball like you did yesterday and I'm going to pull that thing, my sights have to be out in front of the original plate. I have to be thinking out in front of it. Everybody's watching. You can see my cell phones right there. That's the original plate. There's the plate I'm thinking. I'm standing. That tells me where to stand in the batter's box. Now my eyes are telling me where I want to have the point of contact. How do I get there? I can't have a long stride because I get very rotational. Hands get windmillish. That happens. I hit the lazy pop-up to right. I ground out or I jam myself. Now his stride foot is shorter. He's taller. His hands are a little bit freer and easier. Barrel tends to be able to beat the guy to the spot. He can get the ball out. He can get the ball in the air out front, which is a big deal. So what he does is not easy. It's very, very tough to do that. And when he is on par and doing it, man, it's something special. Like it is, that's some middle East stuff. Ask Dalton Varsho. Dalton Varsho tries to do the exact same thing he does. Let me Up ju- the middle to the pool side and look how it looks. Doesn't look like Danny Jansen. All right, let me just uh, throw some numbers out about Danny Jansen. In 204 at-bats, he's got 13 home runs, which is, let's see, Vladdy's got 17 in 186 more at-bats. Bo has got 17 in, good Lord, uh, 230 more at-bats. Chapman has 13 in 162 more at-bats. Springer has 13 in 189 more at-bats. He has 45 RBI and 13 home runs. He's also got 12 doubles, Mm -hmm. which is two behind George Springer, one behind Kevin Kiermaier, two behind Dalton Varsha. I I mean, all all I'm saying, I'm just just throwing this out there to, 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 to show you that it really has been, it's been a really good year. A really good year for Danny Jansen. Um, he's got an OPS plus of 112. He's bought into something. He's had, when he's healthy, he has enough bat speed to accomplish what he's bought into, which is a big deal. And let's be honest, the names that you just mentioned, if I'm a opposing team, I'm thinking about those guys before I'm thinking about Danny Jansen. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden that Danny's hitting those big home runs later in games, you're going to have to start sprinkling in some breaking balls. You're going to have to be a little bit more fine with the ball away. You're going to have to try and force him to hit the ball the other way. Now they're starting to think about him. That's why you sometimes see the average, you know, Will, he'll have peaks and valleys. 
But right now, he's one of those where he's living in a tree because he is a little taller, stride foot's a little shorter, bat's a little quicker. He's beating the dude to the spot because he has a lot of power. He can do things like that. And it's okay, right? You're going to take the Danny Jansen two for 13 with a two-run homer and a three-run homer. You ain't going to take that from Bo, Vladdy, George. Like, nobody wants to see that. They think a little bit more, you know, highly of those three names than they do Danny, but I'm with you. Danny's had a really good year, and he's a big deal to this team and this lineup, a big deal. Big deal. Um, before we break, I want to talk a little bit about Yusei Kikuchi. I know we talked about it on Blue Jays' talk last uh, following the game, but I want to talk about Yusei Kikuchi's outing yesterday, and there are a lot of stories in that game. Whit Merrifield had a three-run home run. Um, uh, you know, uh, Danny Jansen got another home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you say Kikuchi. Now, he gets in trouble in the first inning. Betts and Freeman lead off with singles. He strikes out Martinez, Taylor, and uh, Max Muncie to get out of that. Uh, 103 pitches yesterday. They let him go a bit. 133 pitches yesterday. Got 33 called strikes and whiffs. 17 of those called strikes. Uh, 12 in the four-seamer, 13 in the slider, 8 in the curve. As you mentioned, he still went to 6-3 ball counts, which hurt him early and probably cost him in terms of his pitch efficiency. Mm-hmm. Was that a, a continued step forward? And the reason I'm asking you this is we know that Hyunjin Ryu, although he won't start in this series, could very well start against the Orioles. Yep. Uh, what do we know about Yusei Kikuchi right now? How, how do how do we feel about him? What's your confidence level in your sake? I think he's right predictable. Now? You think he's predictable? Like you basically know what you're going to get from him every time he goes out. He may have a bad inning. He may give up a homer, which he has not done in the last three starts, which is a big deal, mm-hmm. right? That's what that's sort of his little kryptonite is. He'll he'll fall behind. He'll fall in love with the cutter, which he's eliminated. Now it looks like a slider, right? Mm-hmm. Coming out of the hand, it has a slider break to it, which is a big deal. If he can see the slider. And know that, okay, that's the way it's supposed to break because it's I'm gripping it that way, I'm finishing it that, that way. Gives him confidence to want to be able to throw it. This is what I like. I like the first two innings. He had a little lean back, fastball command was arm side all over the place. It's not competitive out of the hand. That's why you saw the pitch counts go up. That's why you saw the 15 for 26 with strike ones, which is okay. It's not great. You'd like to see that a little bit better because he's a, such a hard thrower and he likes to throw the little unpredictable oo get me over breaking ball that if that was a little bit better he would be more efficient in an at bat which would allow him to go a little bit deeper which would make it easier for John and Petey to make that call to be able to leave him in the game a little bit longer. But I do like the early on he had a little lean back. He corrected that by the third inning it was better. He didn't do it anymore. I like it by the fifth inning he has a big lead. He's flipping breaking balls for some reason to the bottom of the order. And then Freddie Freeman comes up and his two fastballs, he gets the big double play. It's almost, it's sometimes I think he, he tries to get in his own way mm-hmm. and then he needs somebody to get him out of his way. That makes sense to you? Mm-hmm. Like it's, you got a, you got a five run lead. Why are you flipping breaking balls? You throw 96, 97, throw it. Nobody likes to see it. Nobody wants to hit it. It's really good. You're left-handed. It's rare that they see lefties that throw that hard. When you got a lead, you got to get after dudes. And 
I think just having Danny Jansen come out and go, hey, enough, and have I think Petey even came out there and said, dude, you're up five. Stop flipping that. And then he throws fastballs, he gets out of that inning, and then that's sort of the thing. That, that It's everything that goes with him that you could just see. So every, every good player, every Hall of Fame player that I've ever talked to, I talk to Chipper Jones all the time. He said the scoreboard told me how I t- attack my at-bat. Tell me everything I need to know. Why is a pitcher any different? Yeah. If I'm up five, why am I flipping it? I, I have a better chance because I'm getting a little tired of falling behind, walking dudes, and then I have to put myself in positions that I don't want to put myself in. And then he throws that and he gets out of it. He, I mean, look, he's done everything they've asked him to do and then some. Like, without him, they're not in third place in the wild card spot. They're, they're not. Like, him and Barrios have taken this rotation to a whole different level, and they're predictable. And I got to be honest with you, even with the two dudes that are coming back in Manoa and Ryu, he'll be real tough to take out of the rotation. I'm with you. Real tough. Yep. Because he's predictable, and those two guys aren't. And predictability this time of the year is hard to find. Victor Rojas is a longtime Angels broadcaster who's currently host of the Angels Win podcast. The Angels, very much the story around baseball. This is kind of a cute little item today, courtesy of MLB.com. At 3.26 p.m. today, Shohei Otani threw the final pitch of his shutout. At 4.45 p.m., he hit his 37th league-leading league-leading 37th home run uh, in the second game of a doubleheader between the Angels and the Tigers. Uh, he is the story in baseball. has been that way all year. And even though it now appears as if he isn't going to be traded at the deadline, well, he's not going to be traded at the deadline he and his team are still very much emerging as a story. Victor Rojas is next. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL, the J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. got Jay's Orioles tickets to give away later on in the show. Ryan Dempster, former MLB pitcher, co-host of Intentional Talk on MLB Network, will join us at 6 o'clock. At 6.30, Ken Lanahan's going to join us. We're going to try to help out our uh, some of our friends in Nova Scotia uh, who have uh, seen in, in Bedford one of their, uh, uh, their baseball field basically washed away by the rains. So uh, they've started a GoFundMe page, and we'll talk to Ken. Uh, later on in the show. The LA Angels are currently leading the Detroit Tigers 6-2 to two in the second game of a doubleheader at Comerica Park. They won the first game 6 nothing. Shohei Otani mm-hmm. flirting with a perfect game and had to settle for a nine-inning one-hitter as uh, the Angels, well, built on, I guess, the momentum, if you want to call it that, uh, created by their general manager yesterday. Absolutely. I guess we can't sure. Can't call it that. When uh, the Angels went out and added uh, Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez from the Chicago White Sox in return for 
two of their top minor league prospects, the left-handed pitcher Kai Bush and a catcher Edgar Cuero. Uh, Lucas Giolito is reportedly in Toronto mm-hmm. already and will start tomorrow night for the Angels <clears throat> against the Toronto Blue Jays. Needless to say, it's been quite a 72 hours or so for the Los Angeles Angels. Victor Rojas is a longtime Angels broadcaster, currently host of the Angels Win podcast. Victor Rojas joins us in Blair and Barker. Victor, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, Kevin and I were talking about this. We went from thinking Perry Manassian might be moving Shohei Otani to hearing Tom Verducci's report that he wouldn't be moving Shohei Otani to hearing that not only is he not moving Shohei Otani, he's basically going out and adding two pitchers, one of whom was a, a, a starting pitcher that I think it's safe to say probably 10 to 12 other teams wanted. Um, just how surprised are you by, by what we've seen from the Angels in the past couple of days? I don't know. First of all, great to be on with you guys. I appreciate it. Um, always great to talk baseball, especially with those that are brilliant about baseball north of the border. So I appreciate the time. Well, Kevin appreciates um, that. <laughs> uh, as far as surprise, I don't know that I'm overly surprised. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I think there was a lot of rumors, a lot of conjecture out there as to whether or not the Angels would indeed entertain offers for Shohei Otani. I was of the belief, and, I, and honestly, until the trade deadline is over, I'm still of the belief that if you get absolutely overwhelmed for a trade package for Shohei, I think you have to seriously consider it. But if it, if it doesn't meet um, your expectation, then you certainly walk away. And so I think what it boils down to is, you know, Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, decided uh, to put it out there publicly last night uh, through Tom Verducci that they were going to not trade Shohei, um, which I think provided cover, um, not necessarily cover, but it provided, I guess, some momentum or ammunition to go out and do the deal with the Chicago White Sox. Clearly, I believe that that deal was already kind of done and locked in. You release one bit of information as Bart Shohei, you get the fan base fired up, the Shohei sticking around, then you and you double down on the momentum by announcing the trade for uh, for Lopez and for Giolito. So I'm not overly surprised, uh, but I'm glad they finally made some sort of a decision one way or the other. Look, it's a team going into today that I think their their uh, their chances of making the postseason stood at 14. percent I know there's two months of the baseball season left to be played, so there's still a lot of baseball to be played. Their stretch in August is legit as far as the teams they're going to play. Mm beginning this coming weekend with the Toronto Blue Jays. So it'll be interesting how August plays out. Um, and then I guess we can all look back and see if it, if it made sense for the Angels uh, when it's all said and done. Victor, you think this much confidence that they can give, you know, the front office is trying to give this clubhouse. Listening to Mike Trout talk there, sounded like they sort of need this. I know Mike has been up and down with the injuries and just been a tough time him staying in the lineup. That will be a big deal when they get him back, obviously, because he's one of the best hitters and best players in baseball. It just seems like they need that extra little, you guys are on my side, and now I think we can take off. Am I on to something there? I don't, I don't know. I don't really buy into that a whole lot because, truth be told, I mean, you were going into the season, everyone was pretty jacked up about the, the roster that Perry had built, right? Yeah. So you, you finally you, you had a really crappy team last year, especially from a depth perception. 
uh, perspective, I should say. And then so you made the, the moves that you needed to make this offseason to build some depth. Uh, you, you took some chances on some high-profile college guys and Zach Neto and Ben Joyce, both of whom have been in the big leagues. Joyce is still hurt on the injured list and won't be available till the end of August. Um, so I don't, I don't know that it was needed. If it was needed, then I think the hoopla at the beginning of the season was just a smokescreen, right? Because yeah. uh, I, I thought going in that this team was ready to compete, and that's why they spent the money on Tyler Anderson. You know, I, I don't think it can hurt. Let's put it that way. I think the trade for Mike Moustakis uh, and Escobar, the infielder uh, from the Nationals, kind of helped. I think Moustakis, you know, both guys in the back end of their careers. Um, Moustakis, I think, is a guy uh, whose voice, I think, is needed, believe it or not. As much as I love Mike and Shohei and all those guys, they're not vocal, out-in-front leaders. And Moustakis now in the back nine of his career can be that guy, even though he hasn't been there very long. He's been through the trenches. He's gone through a rebuild. He's won a world championship with the Kansas City Royals. And so, I, and being a, a Southern California guy, he kind of fits in right then and there into that mold and can step up. And I, and I haven't pointed this out yet on our show because we're not going to record until Sunday. But Moustakis was part of that Kansas City team that at one point midseason, Ned Yost was going to get fired. Right. And all of a sudden, Raul Ibanez joined that ball club as a as that 25th, 26th man, provided that raw, raw, that veteran leadership, and off they went, and off they went to win a world championship. I think Mike could be that guy. I don't know that the Eagles are as deep, uh, per se, but you know what? There's still four or five days in the trade deadline. Perry could add another arm to the bullpen, which I think they absolutely need. Uh, and I think they need a guy that can play uh, an infield position that's not going to hurt you defensively. You know, Moustakis is the guy you can plug in. Escobar is the guy you can plug in. But I think you need more of an everyday guy you can play at third, short, second base every day, um, especially with the injuries that continue to happen to Anthony Rendon. Uh, there's some obvious holes with the Blue Jays, right? It's sometimes you're running into outs. We saw a guy trying to tag up when he shouldn't be tagging up. Guy running like a little leaguer, like he's, you know, first time on base. And you just run till somebody tags you out. It's the runners in scoring position. Obviously, with the Blue Jays, it's things like that. Is there certain things with the, with the Angels that sort of sticks out to you that they need to clean up so they can make a serious run at this thing? I think I think what you speak of is uh, an epidemic, uh, a, a league-wide epidemic. I think the fundamentals of baseball uh, at that level are, are are pretty bad. To be perfectly honest with you, I, I think it's sad to see uh, guys not knowing where they're going on cutoff throws, going everywhere, base running mistakes left and right. Uh, so I, yeah, you might see it for the Blue Jays. Uh, the Angels do have some base running issues. Have had some base running issues. They've had guys thrown out at the plate. Uh, with Hasselman at third base as their coach. Their defense has been a little spotty at times, uh, and that's cost them some, some opportunities to close that game. And really, the pitching has been the, the one – it was pretty good early on. The starters were pretty good. The bullpen faltered. The bullpen got better. The starters started to falter. And now over the, the month of July, I know starters ERA, it'll go down now because they played – you know, they will have played six games with the Pirates and six of the, the Detroit Tigers. But their starters were ERA was over five, and the bullpen ERA was almost six and a half. And so those are some of the things that need to clean up. And I think that's why, you know, the focus in getting Lucas to slot in the two or three spot, 
and then Lopez in that bullpen. Uh, but those, those, to me, are the things. The defensive miscues have really cost the Angels a couple of times. And, and really, the execution with men in scoring position on the offensive side, even though they've been able to score some runs, um, they've left a lot of situations, kind of like ugly situations. Bases loaded, nobody out or one out, and don't get anything out of it. Or second and third with one out, and you can't scratch out a run or two. Um, those are the things that have really stood out, at least from a consistency basis this year. Victor, you know the Angels owner, Artie Moreno, uh, pretty well. You know sort of his predispositions. Do you think he knows in his heart of hearts right now, or maybe more importantly, in his brain, do you think he knows whether uh, Shohei Otani will be back next year or not? I don't know. I think in his heart, you know, your heart and your mind are two different things, right? Right. You'd like for them to be aligned at all times, especially when making – you know, key business decisions, and sometimes they're not, though. Sometimes your heart leads you um, and talks your brain into doing things that you shouldn't be doing. And, and the Angels have done that, unfortunately. In the last 10, 11 years, they've done that. They went out and signed Albert Pools. They signed C.J. Wilson. They went out and got Josh Hamilton. Uh, for whatever reason, they went out and got Anthony Rendon and Garrett Cole decided to sign with the Yankees and not the Angels. Um, and those things have kind of hampered the organization and I think it's because Artie, as a, as a guy who loves the organization, he loves the Angels, he bleeds the Angels red, he really desperately wants to bring a championship to Southern California. I believe that wholeheartedly, and I think that's why he decided not to sell ultimately. Um, but I, I think, honestly, in his heart, he believes that he has an opportunity to re-sign Shohei, and I think that's why he's chosen this path. Um, and not entertain moving him and really kind of keeping your eyes focused on not only the here and now, but also 24, 25, and 26. This is an organization that finally has some depth, right? They've drafted really well. They've started to draft more college guys. Uh, Perry is very aggressive in moving these guys through the system, whereas before you'd get a college guy that'd be in the system three, four years before even sniffed an A-B or an innings, inning pitch in the big leagues. So I like that mentality. I just don't know where Shohei's mind is, right? I think he likes Southern California. I think he chose the Angels for that reason because you can, quote, unquote, hide in Orange County. It's not the, it's not Hollywood of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I don't mean that negatively, but it's, it's prime time. When you go to the Dodgers, it's freaking prime time. Your cameras, your microphones, everything, that's just the expectation, right? I don't think that's his style, and I think that's why he liked the idea of being in Orange County with the Angels. I think that plays favorably going into the offseason. But there's going to be a ton of teams that are going to throw a ton of money at them, uh, Seattle included, the Dodgers included, the Yankees included, um, San Francisco I've heard maybe includes the Padres could be if he wants to stay on the West Coast. It'll, it'll be interesting how it plays out. To me, I think it's a I think it's an emotional play to Nesbalello, his agent, and to Shohei personally. And it's not just about the money because at the end of the day he's going to get his cake. There's no doubt about it. Someone's gonna pay uh handsomely to have Shohei's services. To me it's how do you how do you pull on those heartstrings and how do you help him build a legacy, not only here in the United States, but back in Japan that is everlasting. And I think Whoever is able to pitch that to him is the one who's going to land him. That's that's what I believe, and that's how I would approach it. Um, 
and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But I think Artie believes he has that opportunity, and because our, you know, look, truth be told, Shohei's experienced it for five plus years, so he knows what he's getting um, in the Angels and uh, in, in ownership. Victor, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Terrific insight, my friend. Be well. Great stuff. Thank you. You got it, guys. Take care, bud. Take care. It's Victor Rojas, longtime Angels broadcaster. The podcast is the Angels Win podcast, available mm. wherever you uh, get your favorite podcast, much I, like this show, if you're listening to Yeah, I know we're podcasts. up against it. We got something else to do here real, real quick. Otani, there's just one thing that I noticed that I hadn't noticed in a while. I, I noticed today how he was loosening up. I was watching him pitch. I didn't see him hit today, but I, I was watching him between innings warm up. Like he's lollipopping a couple of balls in there. Like he's trying to save energy to go deeper in the game. That's the mental. That That's a whole different level kind of thing. I saw him throwing to the eighth and nine hole hitters differently than I saw him throwing to the two and three hole hitter. That sounds simple. But when you can do it, like if I can throw a hundred why wouldn't I throw, always throw 100? Mm. And he doesn't. And it depends on who he's facing, where he's at in the order. And I get back to that scoreboard thing. That scoreboard t- thing tells you everything that you need to know. And whenever you talk about which one would go first with him, it looks to me like he's figured it out so mentally, that side of it, that I think the only thing that will make it go away is his physical ability. Like yeah. he just gets old enough that he just... Either the bat speed goes or the arm I, speed I, goes, and that's why it goes. I'll, I'll go even further than that. I, I think, I think, knock on wood, as long as he doesn't have a serious injury, yeah, he can pitch as long as he wants. I'm with you. I'm with you. Just watching it today, that's next level yeah. stuff. Uh, time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. And this, ladies and gentlemen, well, this is same old voice, Mark Boffo. All right, boys, so we've got... Didn't even end. Rise to the occasion mm. when I said same old voice. Go mm. ahead. <clears throat> We're just trying to keep it consistent here. All what right. Say? So we got Guardians at White Sox tonight. You can watch the game 8 o'clock on Sportsnet 1. Mm-hmm. Tanner Bibby versus Dylan Cease. We're going to concentrate on Mr. Cease tonight. Bet Rivers has the total at five and a half strikeouts for Dylan Cease. <sighs> Will he go over or under that number against the Guardians? Guardians strike out the fewest times of any team in baseball. But uh, five and a half, six, I I think I take the over there. I take the over there. Okay, well, you started out wrong. They have the second fewest Ks in baseball. If you're going to do some stuff and steal stats... Did you hear me saying second fewest? Going into today. They're, they're the, the second fewest. Whatever. They they have the most, they're the least amount of Ks in July. Well, that's what I Dylan, meant. I'm sorry. That's I what it is. The least D- amount of Dylan, Dylan Cease, not out of his last 10 starts, have had six or more Ks. Yes, it's easy. Take the over. The two starts that he's made this year against the Guardians, 12 and a third. The start on May 18th, he only had three Ks. Mm-hmm. The 23rd, those are back-to-back starts mm-hmm. in May. He only had three Ks. Guardians have the least amount of Ks. He doesn't strike out the Guardians. I'm taking the under. Yeah, smart guy. Smart guy. Okay, I'll go with you. I'll take the under. No, I'm taking the over. I'm going to take the over. I mean, I'm what just over. happened? You were, try- you were trying to steal some stats that I was doing. 
How are we supposed? How are we supposed to keep a tally? Like, what's, what's going on here? No, I said I'm taking. I'm, 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 I'm going to take the over. Why not? I mean, we can't always agree on the damn thing. Uh, you know, I might as well. I might as well take the over. I mean, I have no idea. Six on this strikeouts. One. I, I have mean, no that's idea. He, so basically what you're telling me is he's struck. He's got six strikeouts against the Guardians this year. In well, two games. He's got six strikeouts against the Guardians and this year. Well, innings. five and five and I'm, I'm taking the over. So he's basically what I'm saying. He strikes every other team out a lot except the Guardians. So uh, do, what, do what you must. What's the strikeout? <laughs> what's the strikeout totals like on Thursdays? Uh, they uh, the Guardians have the li- the second least amount of strikeouts on Thursday, which means nothing against. That's the not true. You lied. I did. You did. I made lie. that up. Um, Interesting hearing Victor, getting back to our conversation with Victor Rojas. Oh, yes, I should mention, by the way, that was between the lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It is a whole new game. Uh, I mean, he was, his first answer, Victor's first answer about, well, if someone comes along and blows you out of the water with an over. offer, do you still? I think that's over. I'm going to ask you this, though. Do you think that maybe they overplayed their hand, the Dodgers, by? The Angels. I'm sorry, the Angels, by announcing themselves as buyers? Just coming out and saying we're not trading him. Like why? Why not go out and trade for Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo uh, and, and Ronaldo Lopez and not say anything just, to anybody? You could say, you know what? Hey, maybe I mean maybe we're going to trade Shohei Otani, and what we've decided to do here is we're going to we yeah. know we need we know we need a pitcher to replace him in the rotation. Like it's an interesting they, argument. They have the greatest athlete in the history of baseball on their team. They're getting one of the best players in the history of baseball back on their team. I know. Real soon. None of that why, changes. Why, why try and be a secret about it? Well, I just went out and made a, a, a couple of trades to get some weaknesses corrected. Because if the Baltimore to Orioles. To two of the best because of the Baltimore players Orioles, in the history of baseball. To, so because if the Baltimore Orioles lose their mind and call you up and say, we're going to give you Jackson Holiday and Gunnar Henderson for Shohei Otani. Or or somebody else calls Every, you up today. Everybody has Oof. a boss. When the boss that, okay, speaks, that's, you listen. And and and, and that's when what's and, and when Arte Moreno came out and told Tom Verducci who he does have a good relationship with. There you go. I guess I just I don't know. Don't ever think it. I'm not. Sometimes you don't they have got, to they, say. They, but they they think they got a good team that can make a run. At but something. that doesn't. You don't. You don't have to tell people that. You don't have to tell people I mean, that and put that, your general you manager to, you in a position now. We, are, we, we sort of already know that. Why, why would you go out and start making trades if you're going to trade the best player in baseball? Because you've brought Lucas Giolito in in case you trade Shohei Otani. You're going to need somebody to replace him as a star. I'm just saying you could have played it that way. I'm saying I do what they're doing. But you didn't have to say anything. You could have played it that way. You could have mm. kept people guessing. Maybe they're excited. Can't wait to share it with everybody. We're keeping them. We're going for it. Well, it's pretty. They're on. World the, they're on the road for the next five days, so they ain't selling any extra tickets. They ain't selling any extra tickets at the ballpark huh? this weekend by telling folks that they're uh, not trading them. Anyhow, Blue Jays don't have Otani. Ryan Dempster is a former MLB pitcher, co-host of Intentional Talk on the MLB Network. He joins us next. We got Jays tickets as well. We'll go to the back leg line as well. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet and the Sportsnet Radio Network.